Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, a big old debate, a big old conversation seems to be exploding around the games industry, which kind of traces back to an investor call from yesterday um, coming from Ubisoft, where Chief Financial Officer Frederick Dugouet, 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 mm. um says that three to four premium games a year for Ubisoft is no longer a proper indication of their value creation dynamics, um, and saying that going forward, they'll be building high-end free-to-play games that trend towards AAA ambitions over the long term don't know why they couldn't just you know do the do the triple a ambitions now and keep doing them uh, right now um, saying that we've taken the time to learn from what we did last year with hyperscape forgot it existed and mm-hmm. um, we've also or we all are, are also learning from what we'll be doing with roller champions we've been making a lot of progress or we've been learning a lot with brawlhalla that's rapidly growing and we think that now is the time to come with high quality free to play games across all our biggest franchises across all platforms um, now this did this is blown up online there's a bunch of people who've weighed in on this including cory barlog god of war Creator, oh sorry, God of War uh, 2018 creative director. But what's your initial thoughts on this before I get to what everyone else is saying? Um, I think we live in a simulation and a cycle, Scott, because we <laughs> go through the same, like, you know, eras of gaming, I feel, every five or ten years. I remember yeah. back in 2010, maybe a bit later, when the industry was saying, no, 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 free-to-play is the future. Everything is going to be free-to-play. We're definitely, definitely going to do it. And then they tried, and it didn't really work. And then they were like, okay, we'll go back to making actual AAA games. And now I feel like we're actual in that position again where the free-to-play boom has kind of come back around thanks to the likes of Fortnite, thanks to the likes of Warzone, which just made money hand over fist. Mm. And now we've got Ubisoft and E yet again going you know what that's that actually is the future we were right the first time let's just do that forever which sucks when that's the only thing um you're getting given i think do you think that we'll get another tweet or another sort of comment from ea just saying like, oh we were right all along no one wants for <laughs> single player games um so this is where it all kind of blew up because you had the initial financial thing uh, like i said the investor call on the ubisoft side and then um jeff Keeley tweeted uh, including some uh, stats from the ea side um where he's quoting a uh, analytical report from nico partners daniel ahmed who put something together uh, in regards to ea's revenue um where ea have said that only 26 percent of their overall revenue has came has come from premium price uh, premium price points and um, where the remainder 76% is all microtransactions DLC monetization models Apex Legends FIFA Ultimate Team all that jazz um, that just seems to be making an insane amount of money um, Ahmed did point out that, um, that that split in revenue was uh, 50% before 2020 so you can kind of factor that in as a variable um, in how much you know um, spending methods and different play, like, playing mentalities changed across 2020 just because of the reality mm. of what we were all going through um, that is worth factoring in um, 
Um, but uh, like I said, Jeff Keighley put these two together, just saying, you know, Ubisoft's whole push towards high-end premium stuff, free-to-play stuff, um, and EA's revenue split, um, which is the thing that's kind of blown everything up. So you had a lot of people replying in his tweet, uh, including Ubisoft's own um, senior, I think it was, yeah, Ubisoft's own senior analyst, Sean Lama, um, who said that some of the interpretations from the article, um, the initial write-up on Video Games Chronicle about the Ubisoft stuff, um, is incorrect. Um, he was saying he just wants to steer the conversation away from free-to-play games or replacing AAA paid games and instead think about free-to-play games are going to be an additional way to experience some of the IPs. Um, right. Pointing to Call of Duty uh, Warzone as one of those models. Um, also to throw in though is Corey Barlog from God of War um, who says um, that this overall push makes sense from a business standpoint. It makes sense from a make as much money as you can with less financial risk standpoint but the problem that he has is that often these two things are trumping what video games could be making the future of the industry so uncertain to him. Um, so yeah it's I mostly think that too. I think that we'll end up chasing this line of just how much can we get away with what's the minimum amount of actual quality in the product yeah. um, before you find those mechanics that can be you know loot boxed out or microtransactioned out and I don't think that I think it'll lead to a less satisfying feel as you if you even hit credits do credits even exist anymore Josh Brown I don't, I don't even know, know what I don't we're know. doing that's the big worry, isn't it? Because, I mean, you could already kind of argue that a lot of free-to-play elements have already made their way over into these AAA premium games anyway, you know? Mm. You look at the shift towards the likes of The Division or Destiny, which are very MMO, very, in the case of Destiny now, free-to-play based. They're based around that model, but they charge yeah. um, up front. And we've even seen that trickle into some previously single-player-driven story-centered titles like Assassin's Creed. You know, that game has a second currency. It has daily and weekly challenges, missions like that, things you can buy in store, a store that constantly updates in the same way that something like, you know, Fortnite does or whatever, constantly has stuff added to it. So like these elements have always been there. So to see a proper shift to just free to play games in general of a high quality, it's not too much of a jump. That said, I mm. do agree with what Barlog is saying, that if this is what everyone's doing, if this is what all the big publishers are focused on, it will make the industry far narrower than it is yeah. right now and will limit the amount of choice that players have when it comes to what games they're getting and what games are being greenlit, what games are being made, all of that good stuff. And <laughs> I like free-to-play games, you know? I like yeah. Duty Warzone. I even liked having a little bash of Fortnite back when that came out. But Where I don't want everything... Pokemon Go, mate. Rare is mm. that day. Pokemon Go is never coming back for me, but I enjoy it when it came out. You know, I can at least appreciate that. But uh-huh. like I said, I like free-to-play games, but I don't think everything should be free-to-play. Free-to-play. I don't think Assassin's Creed should pivot to be free-to-play and uh, to be a free-to-play franchise. I don't think you know anything else Ubisoft has. Watch Dogs should become free-to-play mm. or anything like that. But it seems like you know even if certain AAA releases don't go away for Ubisoft, it does seem like we're going to get an Assassin's Creed game that is free-to-play, whether or not it's a mainline series or not or a Watch Dogs mm-hmm. game that is free to play whether that's Watch Dogs 4 or not you know then it's just I don't know I don't, I, I don't know if I <laughs> want to see these franchises go in that direction is the thing I'm kind of trying to get at well, the thing, it, it makes me curious how you monetize it and maintain a through line story like, I mean that's the thing mm. the completion data for AC Valhalla is like terrible like hardly any like, like we've talked about this before but a million more people will be talking about the way that that game ends um, if they'd seen it because that game ends on a big old talking point that should be up there it should be one of the big cultural talking points in gaming and um, the same way that Assassin's Creed 2's ending was and it's kind of indicative of just 
how big and bloated and stretched out a lot of the newer Assassin's Creed games are, or a lot of the newer Ubisoft games are, that people aren't finishing them. And it's that whole thing of, you know, how do you make sure that someone's getting value for their money? Is it just in sheer time invested in a game? Is it in story points? Is it in mechanics evolving over time, progression loops? Like, I think all that stuff is kind of just going to be blown wide open if we're changing the very idea of an entry point because on the other side of the spectrum is PlayStation um, mm-hmm. just saying, well, we're going to actually up the entry fee so that our base price point is £70, $70 and that frees up all the microtransaction side of it because we've already made our money back, assumedly, based on pure unit cost um, so they don't need to have those separate models. But even yeah. they have tried with um, Destruction All-Stars. Uh, that game has a rancid approach to monetization <laughs> where they gave it away on gave it away on PS Plus but you get like three modes and then you pay for the story content. It's like if you want to you get one character for free and then it's like three or four other characters but you have to pay it's premium currency um, to actually just get anything out of that game and I'm just kind of like I guess everybody's going to be trying their own approach to it Totally. I mean, you can look at the likes of Sony, which, you know, to their credit, have, for the most part, embraced this single-player experience over the past mm. generation. But even they're not doing it just because single-player sells really well and it makes them a lot of money. Like, the fact that people love those games and they're filling what's becoming, sadly, a niche in the market means they also get to sell consoles, means that they also get to sell services like PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, all of that extra stuff that they can bundle in. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see why they have that extra incentive because you know on the other hand an ubisoft it doesn't have console consoles to sell it doesn't really have services mm. to sell that they can like link them in so it makes sense that they're focusing on dlc microtransactions free-to-play elements um, and the like mm. and we're going to get to this position i worry where we're just kind of in this future where everything is vying for your time everything is this 100 hour plus experience this 100 <laughs> hour plus daily grind where you're encouraged to jump on every single day do your dailies do your dailies do your weeklies do all of that stuff but we can only juggle so many of those at a time you know we can only <laughs> juggle so many destinies we can only juggle so many assassin's creeds we can only juggle so many the divisions before mm. the whole industry kind of just becomes bloated and it becomes apparent that they're trying to like nickel and dime us i hope it doesn't get to that position and I hope these are of a high quality and I hope Mm. they do deliver interesting experiences but you know we've been commenting on this for a good while now and I just feel like we've been burnt so many times where we've had publishers say don't don't worry it's still going to be a really enjoyable experience you're still going to get a lot of good content in there and then it comes out and it's broken and you're doing the same five (laughs) missions over and over again and you're like why 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 is money being spent on this I hope this doesn't turn into the new, uh, you know, the, oh, the squad-based game can be played in single-player. It's a totally valid single-player experience. Yeah. And then you get there, you go down, and you never get picked up by invisible teammates <laughs> and the whole thing. It doesn't work as a single-player experience uh, for the most part. I hope it doesn't turn into that, where you have different publishers just saying, like, oh, it's totally a premium single-player experience uh, for free. Oh, my God, dive in. Um, and then you get to a certain point in the story where maybe you have to pay to get a certain weapon to beat a certain boss. Or there's, yeah. a, you know, something... I can just see them going down that route and um, hitting some sort of weird roadblock that doesn't get put in until after the review period or after the initial access period and then you just get to Konami the whole thing and go like hey by the way if you want to actually finish this you're going to have to cough up some cash Um, I think it'll get worse before it gets better even though I do see light at the end of the tunnel in regards to Warframe, Pokemon Go uh, Mm -hmm. Warzone like you know as well like there are there are those games that monetize their free to play aspects well and they respect the consumer and they're obviously the biggest successes in the industry Um, it is funny um, the dude mentioning Ubisoft guy mentioning uh, Rocket Arena 
uh, oh sorry, Hyperscape, um, that just barely made a splash at all. Yeah. That was just the most yeah. soulless thing. Uh, and mentioning Brawlhalla was something that's picking up. Like Brawlhalla is is really solid mechanically. It's like a free to play uh, Smash Brothers, but they then charge you for each individual uh, known character. Totally. Um, and I went on to play the Kung Fu Panda skins. But <laughs> of the, you the, did. The, the price point's <laughs> insane, Josh Brown. And I was like, I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't. I can just justify a lot well, of Kung Fu Panda stuff. But you know what? First of all, I've never met a man who loves Kung Fu Panda as much as you do, Scott Tilford. Best trilogy um, in the world, mate. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. I will do just for you one day, you maybe should. as a birthday present or something. Uh, secondly, I can't remember the point because I was going on about Kung Fu Panda for too long. It has completely gone out of my head. <laughs> I was going to say something points. along the lines of, yeah, it can only be, you know, when you look at a war zone, when you look at a Destiny or something, we, we always have in this industry publishers trying to chase trends and trying mm. to mimic other things that are successful without realizing that those things are successful for a reason and they dominate the market share you know what I mean they replace mm-hmm. whatever's at the top and it's really difficult to take them away you know so we had a bunch of modern military shooters vying for Call of Duty's title in the late 2000s then we had a bunch of Destiny clones vying for Destiny's title yeah. um, recently Hero the thing shooters. about them is that they produce more failures than they do successes it's hard to make a game like Call of Duty Warzone that is not only good but captures the zeitgeist on such Mm. a massive level yet if that's all we're getting if all we're getting is chases for these crowns we're going to see a bunch of games like Hyperscape that you just forget exist I forgot I said to you Scott what's Hyperscape because I just forgot it came out I forgot I even saw a trailer or knew what it was and I worry that shifting to a free to play model chasing for this kind of mythical game that can continue to produce content and continue to sell microtransactions mm. will res- will result in far more disasters than it does uh, well, these, hits. These kind of ideas are not greenlit by people who play games because mm-hmm. you're never going to be memorable in someone else's shadow like not in full like it, you need to put something better forward and I feel like it's, it is that whole thing where I can just imagine this archetypal shadowy business person just going like well they'll play it they'll play it forever it's enjoyable it's got all these mechanics and I don't mean to pin it on Mr. Jim Ryan at all but he's the person I sort of think of him too uh, where someone asks him what his favourite game is and he just tells you what they've got coming up in the next year yeah. and it's just like no you need to be more like Shuhei Yoshida or uh, Shigeru Miyamoto or people who actually play games um, and put those things out in different design philosophies and you know financial realities of greenlighting the right project mm-hmm. rather than putting all their money or all their eggs in one basket and just saying well you can play this for 200 hours and we'll monetize those 200 hours <laughs> like the thing that Barlog said you know it does make sense make as much money as possible in the shortest time period and you're thinking of the financial realities of you know just creating a set of mechanics that you can just repeat for hundreds of hours but ultimately that sucks to people who it play does. games regularly um, and it's just not gonna you know it's, it's gonna require something special to twist those two mentalities together you know not to just drag this discussion out until we because we could talk about this all day you know pretty much you could sit down over a pint and talk about this for like 10 hours but i just want to make one kind of final thing on my end like exactly following on from what you said there i think that's what Mm -hmm. we got with the avengers which we bring up all of the time but we had that that news story earlier on in the year from square enix saying like look we want to increase the grind so people continue to engage we don't want to make interesting mechanics we don't want to make an interesting story we don't want to give people actual reasons creative reasons to come back we're going to just do it in the most manipulative artificial way possible and in many cases that's just increasing the grind making leveling up harder so you have to play more of it you basically do not get the reward unless you're putting more time into it i think that's it's it's entirely 
interesting. Yeah, it's entirely a return to like the arcade mentality of just sort yeah. of like like pay to play, like every set of gameplay loops. Like if you were if you were a cold-hearted non-game playing business person, you would look at the amount of stuff that we've quote unquote gotten away with across the last twenty years in terms of story-focused games, thematically-focused games, narratively-driven games, and then gone to that to that and looked at it and gone, why haven't you monetized every part of this? We used mm-hmm. to monetize it back in the arcades. We used to monetize it. Like, oh, you're gonna shoot this gun? Pay money for it. And I get I get that approach uh, on a cold-hearted business level, but I think it sucks for a creative medium, and I think yeah. that obviously it requires a balance. Um, and right now, you know, obviously there's going to be people taking and running with these comments in terms of, I mean, we debated going down the, the route of like, oh my God, they're committing to this stuff, yeah. which they kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to specific franchises, but I think it's going to be very telling where we go from here, um, especially at the dawn of a new generation, just how carried away we get in regards to plugging millions of fans into an experience on the fastest systems ever yeah. uh, and monetizing all that stuff. Like, I get that they see the dollar signs in the middle of that, but I think that it could get <laughs> very horrible very quickly. Um, so yes, let us know what you think down in the comments below. The, uh, the likes of Ubisoft and EA's potentially chasing these models in full, uh, and if there's any silver, you know, green, silver lining, whatever the word is, <laughs> Something good. Silver, like, yeah. Yeah, just, just some silver in there that could come out of it. For now, though, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.